This is Ignite. God bless you. Good afternoon, Ignite Church. How are we all doing today? Anybody excited to be in the presence of God today? Yes. Hallelujah. Good to see your beautiful faces. If you're joining us for the very first time, um, we're so, so excited you chose to worship with us here at Ignite Church today. Um, God bless you so much. Um, we don't take your presence here for granted at all. If you're joining us online as well from all across the world, you're welcome. This is Ignite Church. And I pray um, that today as you've joined us, um, your life will never remain the same in the mighty name of Jesus. You have an encounter with God's word that will change your story for the better in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, my name is James. Um, I have the privilege uh, this afternoon of bringing um, the word of God to you. Um, God has a word that he has specially prepared for you um, this afternoon, and you will not miss out on it in Jesus' name. Uh, let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We exalt you because there is no king like you. There is no father like you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. We appreciate you for who you are and what you have done for us. Blessed be to your name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, as we come before your throne of grace to kneel at your feet this afternoon, Holy Spirit, we are asking that you open up your word. Let us behold wondrous things from your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Have your way, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' mighty name. We've prayed. Amen. So last week we started um, a topic. Um, it's the topic of stewardship. That was the topic we started exploring um, last week. And today we'll be looking at the part two um, of that. So we started, our main text was from um, the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30. And we looked at the story of um, the man who was traveling and gave entrusted his possession, right, to three of his servants. You know, to one he gave 5,000, to another he gave 2,000, and to another he gave 1,000. The one he gave 5,000, you know, went, traded with it, doubled it. The same uh, with the one he gave 2,000. Traded with it and he doubled it as well. But the one he gave one talent to um, did not do anything with it. He dug a ground and put it in the ground. And the master's um, um, assessment was that it was a bad and lazy servant. His master said, you knew, did you, that I reap harvest where I did not plant, I gather crops where I did not scatter. Well then, you should have deposited my money in the bank, and I would have received it all back with interest when I returned. Verse 28, it says, now take the money away from him and give it to the one who has 10,000 coins. For everyone who has something, even more will be given and he will have more than enough. But to the person who has nothing, even the little he has will be taken away from him. We define stewardship as, you know, a person who is entrusted with another person's property, right? You know, somebody who takes, you know, personal responsibility of managing someone else's property, and we establish that you and I are stewards here on earth. God created the heavens and the earth, but he put you and I in charge to manage it. So everything we have, um, everything God has, you know, entrusted into our hands, we would give account of how we have used it. We go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, you know, where God, you know, said, let us make human beings in our image. Let's make them reflecting our nature, right? And he went on for that to say, you know, he created them male and female. 
male and female. God blessed them and he said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible. To be responsible means to be capable of being trusted with what has been given to you to manage. Right? Um, and then we said, as Christians, we should always remember that God gave us everything. Like, everything we have belongs to God. Right? We looked at Job chapter 4, verse 11, where God says, Who has given me anything that I should pay back? Everything under heaven is mine. Everything under heaven is God's own. John chapter 3, verse 24 says, John answered them, A person can receive, cannot receive even one thing. So there is nothing, if you can think about it in your life, if it's good, it is God that gave you. If it is good, it is God that gave you the capacity. It is God that gave you the opportunity to be in charge of whatever it is, right? So your money is not yours. God gave you the ability to be able to earn a living. Your money, um, your, your, your ideas, your time, your talent, we're supposed to use it you know, to the glory of God because he has entrusted it to us. And then we looked at principles of biblical stewardship. But uh, uh, the first one we looked at was, you know, whatever we have still belongs to God, right? And then the second one is, God will not give us more than we can handle. So where you are today, if you have not maximized the opportunities, if you are not using the talents, the giftings of God in your life, you know, um, where you are financially today, if you are not, you know, being faithful in the little God has given to you, you are not going to see more. We said the way we signal to heaven in the kingdom of God, the way we signal to heaven that we are ready for the next level is by doing everything, making the most use of everything God has given us where we are currently. And then we said faithfulness in little things results in promotion. Um, I'm not going to go through all of it, but um, I wanted to go through um, the, the, the sixth point here, which says, you know, the unfaithful servant is regarded as wicked and lazy. Right? So, the master said he was wicked and lazy because he gave him the talent, the gifting, the time, the resources, you know, based on his assessment of his abilities. So it's not a matter of if he was, you know, capable or not. With that 1,000 gold coin, the master knew for sure that he had what it takes to invest and profit of it, but he decided to do nothing about it. You know, that was a conscious decision. And there was a verse of scripture um, that I was looking for last week that I didn't find, you know, when it comes to, you know, um, lazy people will always find excuses, right? You know, there, there is always one thing or the other. Um, and it was Proverbs 26, 13. I'm reading the Amplified. It says, the lazy person who is self-indulgent never takes responsibility for doing what is required to succeed. And that was exactly, you know, what uh, um, the, the servant with the 1,000 gold coin did. He didn't take responsibility for what it takes to succeed. He just went, buried it, and then he gave it to his master when he came back. It says, and relies on name excuses. It says, there's a lion in the road. A lion is in the open square, and if I go outside to walk, I will be killed. As the dog turns on his hinges, so does a lazy person on his bed, never getting out of it. The lazy person buries his hand in the dish, losing opportunities after opportunities. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. So yeah, um, God is expecting us to be productive uh, with the resources he has given to us because at the end, Jesus Christ is coming back, right? And we all will give personal accounts 
of everything that God has given to us. I've been looked at, you know, an example of the life of Joseph and also of, you know, a businesswoman called Nidir from the book, um, from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16 from verse 13 to 14, which brings us to today. Uh, today we're going to look at areas of stewardship. So what are the areas that God is expecting us to be faithful in? You know, we know already that everything we have, everything we own belongs to God. So what are some of the areas that God is expecting us to manage the resources he has given to us for his glory? The first area is our finances. Yeah, I'm going there. Don't worry. It will be a quick, quick one. You can enjoy your um, IGT after, right? But we're going to talk about finances, right? Um, and let me just, right off the bat, let me just say this is Ignite Church, right? This is the youth expression of House of Praise. Uh, by God's grace, I've been under the leadership. Uh, I've had the privilege to be under the leadership of Pastor Wangley and Pastor Tokwe. You know, incredible man and woman of God. Yes, let's appreciate them. Um, they, they, they are the example of how ministry should be done in God's way, in the biblical way. I have never for once felt under pressure to give anything, right? So if you're talking about you know, our finances, giving and all of that, it is for your own benefit. Whatever it is you want to do with it after, you know, it's your choice, right? But, you know, everything you experience here today, even after, you know, Ignite God Talent, you know, the food, everything is paid for by Jesus. So let's appreciate Jesus for that. Everything is paid for. So sit properly, right? Adjust yourself. So we'll get into it. Our finances. Give tithes and offering. God is expecting us um, to be faithful in the area of giving our tithes and our offering. Giving our tithes and our offering. And I want us to look at the book of Malachi. Malachi 3 from verse 8 to 10. Malachi 3 verse 8 to 10. It says, will a man rob God? This is um, the, the, the NKJV. But with the NLT, which I have in my slide here, it says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. This is God speaking. But you ask, what do you mean? When, when did we ever cheat you? Like, how did we cheat you? You're up there in heaven. Like, you know, what did we do to cheat you? And his response is, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. For you are under a curse. For your old nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. So one thing I want us to understand is the issue of tithing and giving at the core of it is not really about money, right? So, you know, we argue about 10%, you know, why should we get 10%, you know, it's, it's you know, under the law, we're under grace, right? That, that is not true, but I don't have time to dig into that um, um, this afternoon. But the truth of the matter is everything, everything we have, we, you know, looked at it, and, you know, we, we went through a couple of scriptures last week, 100% of everything belongs to God, not just 10%. 100% of everything belongs to God. Psalm 50 verse 12. 
It says, if I were hungry, this is God speaking. It says, if I had a need, if I were hungry, I would not tell you. You are too small, right? I won't tell you if I were hungry, for the world is mine and everything in it. So this is not about giving God money, right? My giving, your giving, or lack thereof does not add or diminish, diminish God. God is God. He doesn't need anything from us. So the system of giving, the system of sowing, um, seed time and harvest, you no know, sowing and reaping in the kingdom of God, God puts it in place to bless you and I. Another school of thought is, you know, um, you know, the church needs your money, right? So when you give to the church, it helps the church. Now, smart people in this room, right? Global leaders. So, the God, you know, who is the possessor of heaven and earth, he owns everything, created this organization called the church, right? You know, Jesus is the head of the church, right? Matthew 6, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. So, he has built his church, but then he needs, you know, our $5.99 to sustain it, right? Like, the, the, it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't. Right? So it's not, it's not about the money. Really, at the core of it, it's about trust. God is saying, like, you know, out of the many things I have blessed you with, 100% of it, put 10% aside to prove to yourself that you trust God. Saying that you trust God, you know, just, you know, um, verbalizing it is not enough. If you're not able to part with part of what he gave you to honor him and to appreciate him, for the, you know, power he has given you to make money, to make wealth, to get wealth, because the power to get wealth comes from God, then you're a slave to money. And, you know, it's not a, a quick corporal or, or, or uh, yeah, it's not like, you know, I rob, you know, you give God money, then you protect you, or, you know, things like, oh, you know, if you don't pay your tithes, you know, something bad will happen to you. No. Everything God, every blessing God asks for, he has already given it to you. Ephesians 1, 3. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. How many blessings? Every. Every blessing you can think of, God has already poured it out. But the only issue is that blessing is in your spirit. And how you get it from your spirit, man, into the physical area where you need it is by exercising your trust and faith in God. And if you can't trust God in finances, if you can't trust that God would take care of you, if you can't trust that, you know, if I give God, you know, this 10%, or if I give God this offering, um, you know, he's going to look after me, he's going to take care of me, then you can't trust him in anything else. And why do I say that? Because in Luke chapter 16, verse 9 to 11, we're not going to read it now because of time, but, you know, Jesus made it very clear that trusting him in the area of money is the least use of our faith. So it's an issue of trust. Do you trust God as the source of everything you have, all the money you have? Do you trust that it was God that gave you the ability to be able to make that money or not? When you think that money, you know, comes by your own power and by your own sweat, then you want to hold on to it, right? You know, you worked, you know, two jobs, you know, I, I worked hard for my money and all of that. Then you, it, you find it very difficult to let go. You become attached to money. Right? And the money becomes your master. That is a curse. That's what the Bible is, is talking about here. Because, you know, Jeremiah 17, verse um, 5, it says, you know, putting your trust in anything other than God is a curse. Let's look at it. 
The Lord says, cursed is the man who puts his trust in mortal man and turns his heart away from God. So if you believe that your employer is your source, if you believe that you, know, you, you are in need, you need something, you are, you're in financial need, and you're looking to people to bless you, you're looking to your uncles, your, to, to, to your family members, and you're like, oh yeah, you know, the reason why I'm, I'm this way is because nobody has helped me. You put your trust in them. That is a curse. The point of tithing, the point of giving offering, is for you to learn and recognize that God is the source of all the money that you have. And by taking that action, by doing it, you're exercising your faith in God. As long as I might be out there thinking like, you know, James, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Let's just, you know, finish and, um, you know, let's, let's do this IGT and let's enjoy ourselves because I work very hard for my money. Money is very hard to come by in this country. I agree with you. Money is very hard to come by when you think of yourself as the provider. Right? So when you think of yourself as the provider of everything you have, then money is very difficult to come by. But when you don't see God as your source, you know, you're going to struggle, right? But in God's economy, right? In God's economy, the more you give, the closer you get to your goal, the closer you get to financial prosperity. But in your own, you know, when you think like, yeah, everything I've achieved, I've done it by myself, then when you think about giving away part of, you know, the money that you've earned, it looks as if, you know, it's, it's setting you back, right? It's setting you back from achieving your goal. But in God's economy, it's different. It's actually the other way around. Proverbs 11, verse 24 to 25, it says, it is possible to give away and become richer. That is how the kingdom works. It is possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. I'm reading the Living Bible. And lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich by watering others. He himself is watered. What you give to God, you know, your tithe, your offering, you know, your giving to the poor, your giving to your parents, your pastors, it's leaving your hands, but it's not leaving your life. What you're getting in return might seem like intangible, but what you're getting is all you need to succeed in life, which is blessing. PWA defined blessing as, you know, a divine authorization to the invisible forces, forces that you cannot see, to support you and to advance your life until you succeed permanently. How much can you put on that? Right. So when you open your hands and begin to trust God, you know, by giving your tithes, giving your offering, I'm going to look at other areas where God expects us to give um, shortly, you know, but I can guarantee you what you will quickly discover is God is not a taker. God is a multiplier. Quickly, my personal experience um, during the pandemic, I think it was 2020, um, um, House of Praise, like the, the parents' church of um, Ignite Church, um, there was um, this, you know, initiative where we were supporting and giving towards COVID-19 relief, right? It was on the website, it was on the app, you could give and all that, right? So, you know, when uh, it was announced, uh, I gave, right? And then the next, you know, the next two weeks, right, after my, um, I, got, I got paid at work and all of that, I got prompted again by the only spirit to pay, to give towards, specifically towards, you know, that initiative, right, which I did. And then two weeks after that, the same thing. And I'm like, okay, wait, God, I, I actually need this money, right? Because at that time, I had, you know, projects I was working on. I had, um, I, uh, my, my wedding was coming up, right? So it seemed like, come on, like, this is money I can actually use, 
But God said, I will tell you when to stop. And I tell you something, like when I look at, you know, all of these, you know, we're all at home, right? Um, I was in, in a basement I was renting back then uh, in the city of Vaughan. And, you know, I, I gave, I kept doing it, I continued doing it, right? Uh, but between 2020 and December 2021, I can't even tell you how much God blessed me. Like, you know, I, at the end of the year 2021, I was just like, wow. What I gave was nothing compared to the blessings of God upon my life. Right? And I can't give you the details, but you know, just to give you context, like, you know, I, I have my own basement. Let's just put it that way. Right? So, God is not a taker. God is a multiplier. Yes, let's appreciate God. So, you know, have that understanding when it comes to giving, um, and it, 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 will, it will bless you. Next one is sustain and support our families. That's another you know, area where God wants us to use our, um, our finances. Um, to his glory. First Timothy 5.8, um, the easy to read um, version, it says, everyone should take care of their own people. Most, import, most important, they should take care of their own family. If they do not do that, then they do not accept what we believe. They are worse than someone who does not believe in God. So it's of no use if out there they know you as a philanthropist, you give in to everybody, but you know, your own family members, they have needs that is in your power to meet, but you refuse to do it. The Bible here is saying that, you know, you're worse, or that person, not you, is worse than someone who does not even believe in God. You know, there's a, there's a saying that, you know, charity begins at home, right? You know, you have to, you know, you can't be going out there, you know, giving, you know, everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, that guy is very nice, that girl is very nice, but the people in your own household, they don't see it, right? So, you know, honor them. Honor your parents. Give to your parents. And, you know, this is not about if they need it or not. It's not about, you know, if they are, uh, you know, they are, my parents are rich, they are wealthy, like, you know, people say things like that, they don't need anything from me. No, you, they don't need anything from you, but it's a biblical principle. This is something, you know, Abisonga and I, we do. And sometimes, you know, when we give to our parents, we get this call and they're like, oh yeah, please keep your money. We don't need your money, you know, um, you know, and we don't jump and say, oh, yeah, thank God we can keep our money. You know, let's go to McDonald's and let's go and enjoy and use that money. No. We told them, like, look, you don't need the money and you will never need it. Because, you know, that's not the goal. You know, the Bible says the path of the righteous will shine brighter and brighter. So you will never be in a position where you will need money from your children before you can survive. That is not, you know, the will of God for anybody, for any parent. But we need it, Right? We need it. Exodus 20:12, Amplified Version. It says, honor, respect, obey, care for your father and your mother so that your days may be prolonged in the land of the living. Right? Your days may be prolonged in the land the Lord your God gives you. That is a commandment with a promise. It needs to, you know, longevity. So you need it. They might not need it, but you need, every time you have the opportunity, honor your parents by giving to them. Support special projects in church. Exodus 25 verse 2, it says, tell the children of Israel to take an offering for me. This is God speaking. It says, from every man whose heart moves in to give willingly, you shall take my offering. And what are they, what are they to use the offering for? Have them build a sanctuary for me so that I may dwell among them. Right? So, the way it is, is anytime you have an opportunity to give towards anything, any project that advances the kingdom of God, 
embrace it because it's an opportunity for God to bless you. And it is you telling God that you're a good steward, you're a faithful steward of the resources he has committed into your hands and you're using it to advance his kingdom. Take interest in the things of God and it will give you everything you need. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. So I want to bring our attention back you know, to the second part of verse 2 here. It says, for every man whose heart moves him to give willingly, you shall take my offering. So giving under compulsion does not work. Giving to save face does not work. God does not want you to give complaining. God wants you to give cheerfully. God wants you to give with understanding, trusting that he is able to take care of you and he's your source. Right? God doesn't want anybody giving under, you know, pressure. Uh, um, so think about this, right? You know, we're all created in God's image. We agree, right? Yeah? We have the, you know, nature and likeness of God. So imagine I came to church and I get you a gift, right? And I say, hey, you know, I have this gift for you. Uh, it's wrapped up. And you're like, oh, thank you so much. You're so excited. And, you know, you, you can't wait to get to your car, to get home, to open it up and see what's inside, Right? And then church ends, right? Service ends. You're in the lobby. You're just walking around saying hello to people. And you overhear me talking to a group of people saying, yeah. Or maybe I was talking to Toden or something like, oh, yeah, I don't know how, why I gave her that. You know, I'm now like, I don't have anything to eat this afternoon. I don't really like her like that. You know, I don't know, like, who does that birthday in June? June, June, June 4th. Like, you know, who does that? Like, I don't even know why I did that, right? I really need the money I used for that gift. How will you feel? We used to be excited to go home and open that gift. Yeah? Let's be honest. We used to be excited to go home and if some of us will even give it back. Like, don't worry, thank you. Right? You can, it's, it's not that deep, right? So the same thing with God, right? If you know anything you're not you're doing with the wrong motive, God examines the motive. The motive is more important than the action with God. The only difference with that is, you know, you have to you were around the area where I was saying it and you heard it. But with God, he knows our every thought. Right? So when you give under compulsion, it does not work. First Corinthians 13, 3, it does not benefit you. It says, and though I bestow all my goods and feed the poor, which is a good thing, right? You know, I give everything I have away. And though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. So everything we do, whether it's giving seven other, seven other people, giving to the poor, if it is not motivated by the love of God, the benefit to you is zero. People you are giving to can benefit from it. They can say thank you to you. But if your motive is wrong, the benefit to you will be zero. Next is we give to men of God. We give to men of God. Galatians 6 verse 6, it says, The one who is taught the word of God is to share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his spiritual and material support. Contributing to his spiritual and material support. So we give to men of God that have been a source of blessing to us. Giving money to support those you know, who do God's work is a valid expression of our love and worship for God. Even in the Bible, Jesus, right? You know, it was recorded that there were a group of women who supported Jesus financially. Let's look at Luke chapter 8, verse 3. The Living Bible, you know, mentioned, you know, uh, uh, mentioned them. Joanna, Chusa's wife. 
Chusa was King Herod's business manager and was in charge of his place and domestic affairs. Susanna and many others who were contributing from their private means to, to the support of Jesus and his disciples. Their financial gift to support Jesus and his disciples had an immediate effect, but it outlived them because we are still reading about them. Right? So it is very biblical to honor the men and women of God who have blessed us spiritually. See, the spiritual controls the physical. Everything you are manifesting right now in the realm of the natural is because of what is going on in the spirit realm. And God has used these men, these women of God, to bless you. So the least you can do is to be a blessing. Now, no wait, they're not going to ask you, right? You know, God, God, God is going to bless them another way if you decide not to do it. Don't wait for them to ask. It is a way for you to show that you're a good steward of the resources God has given to you. And the next one is give to the poor, right? It will give to the poor will never want, but it will shut his eyes from their need, will have many curses. So give to the poor, right? Um, uh, Proverbs 19, 17 says, every time you give to the poor, you make a loan to God. God does not owe. Ha, I, I love this scripture so much, right? You know, you make a loan to God and guaranteed God is good for it. God does not owe. He doesn't owe any man. And you're not going to be the first person that God is going to owe. So when you give to the poor, it's an opportunity actually for God to bless you. Generosity has nothing to do with how much you have. It has everything to do with how much you love, how much you love God with the things that you have. And then finally, in the area of finances, is invest your money wisely, right? Disclaimer out there, I'm not a licensed financial advisor or anything like that. So, but I would encourage you, save. Don't spend everything that you have, right? Put aside at least 20%. Right? In, in, in um, you know, the story of uh, um, Joseph, right, you know, when he was made the prime minister, you know, that happened in ancient Egypt. They had seven years of plenty, right, you know, crops they had, you know, more than enough to eat, followed by seven years of famine. And Joseph, under the leadership of Joseph, Joseph told them to save 20% during those years of plenty. And what happened when the years of famine came around? They were living in plenty. They became, you know, people were coming to buy at exorbitant prices food from them because they saved, right? So, you know, don't, don't spend everything you get. Um, Proverbs 21, 20 says, the wise man saves for the future and the foolish man spends whatever he gets. Invest your money, right? Go to the bank, meet with a financial advisor. It's not until you start making six figures, seven figures, you know, before you plan your finances. Start now. Start now. Take advantage of the power of compound interest. Some of us work in places where, you know, they have, you know, systems in place, RRSP and all of that. Take advantage of it. Right? Invest in stocks. You know, buy, you know, invest in real estate. Invest in real companies. Right? Invest in real companies that have real value and real products. You know, so, not some, you know, Get rich quick, you download one app, you know, put money in there, you know, by the time you wake up in the morning, you know, it's doubled at 500 percent. And by the time you go to bed at night, you've lost everything. And then you start fasting and praying, oh God, let this go up. Let this and then you wake up in the morning and then it's up. And like you can't have peace of mind that way. Right? Proverbs 13:11. 11. 
Proverbs 13 says, wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work, however, grows over time. Right? So invest your money and, you know, put your money to work. And that's, you know, the least you can do um, from the parable of talent, what the master said, you could have put my money in the bank and I will get it back with interest. So take advantage of that. And God bless you as you do so in Jesus' name. You know, everything is not prayer. Sometimes, you know, you just have to apply wisdom, right? And just plan your life. The next area is the area of our gifts. We should serve God with our natural gifts. Exodus 31, 2 to 5. It says, look, I have specifically chosen Bazangel, son of Uri, grandson of all, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. The gifts, the natural abilities that God has given to you, there are some things that you can do better than other people. Recognize that it is God's gift and use it to the glory and the benefit of other people. Serve God, serve others with it, right? It's not like, you know, you have, maybe you have gifts in, you know, organizing things, right? You know, creating processes. And, you know, you're here in Ignite Church, you see an area, and you're like, oh, they're not even doing nothing properly, right? Join the workforce, right? Do something with your own talent as well. Don't create, you know, you've looked at all the departments we have in Ignite Church, and you decided you're going to create your own. And it's the department of criticism, Right? Let's, let's, you know, use what the talent. So when you are operating in, in the talent and gifting that God has given to you, it makes God proud. Because God's going to look like, yes, I put that gift in him. I put that gift in her. She's using it to my glory. Also, our spiritual talents as well, our spiritual gifts, right? You know, we should use our spiritual gifts to God's glory. And God has, you know, given, you know, different people specific gifts, right, according to scriptures, you know, to some teachers, to some prophets, you know, uh, we should use it to, to build up other people, to encourage other people. The Bible says, my father is glorified by this, when you bear much fruit, when you are productive with the gifts that he has given you. That's from John 15, verse 8. When you use your gifts correctly, God gets the glory. Next one is our time. Ephesians 5.16, making the most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Time is a very interesting one because Bill Gates, Elon Musk, you know, everyone in this, on this earth, we all get 24 hours, seven days a week. That's it. However, some people achieve great things within that 24 hours and what some people achieve in 24 hours is just pitiful. But we all have the same. It's measured to us equally. Our time is life, right? Time is life. Time is the asset that God gave each and every one of us in equal measure. Um, Life is defined and measured by time, right? So when time stops, life stops. Right? You know, when, when, you know, a person dies, they step outside of time and they step into eternity. Time is too valuable to waste. So when you, you know, make statements like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, stay here. I'm waiting for somebody. I'm just going to kill time. I'm just going to walk away some time. Just replace it with, you know, I'm just going to walk away part of my life. 
and see how it sounds, right? It sounds terrible, right? But that's the truth, right? Life, time is life. You know, when you're wasting life, you're wasting time. When you're wasting time, you're wasting life. It's interchangeable because life is measured in time, right? It is measured for us to fulfill God's purpose for us. So don't spend, don't just spend your time doing, any, you know, just, you know, whatever. Plan. Have a plan for your time. Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything under the earth. Plan your day. Prioritize the things that you need to do. Don't just spend time. Invest it. Invest it in something that will produce results that will add value to your future. Right? So when you plan your time, you know, you know this is what I'm doing today. You know, guard it generously. Like, if you have your plan, this is what I'm doing this morning. When someone calls you to, to, to talk about, oh, how Man United lost to Man City, you don't pick up because you don't have time for that. Right? It's, it's I don't have time for that. The youngest, uh, um, uh, what's it called, the youngest player in the Manchester United team, a teenager, the guy is earning 50,000 great British pounds a week. Right? So he, he, he has developed, spent his time to develop his own talent. Let me spend my time and do something that will benefit me and benefit my future. Right? Make decisions on how to use your time based on destiny, not because you want to please anybody. They will be fine. Make sure you are productive with your time. You know? And don't worry about pleasing anybody, everybody anyways, right? Because you know, if you want to please everybody, then go and sell ice cream. Right? right? I was just thinking about, like, buy the ice cream truck, or in an ice cream truck, um, a store is the only place where you go and everybody's nice. You know, they wait patiently, they're nice, they get their ice cream, they're happy with the guy. And if you want to achieve destiny, you have to take advantage of every opportunity. Use your time wisely. Convert time into opportunity to fulfill your purpose and destiny in life. And then the final area where God wants us to be faithful and be good steward, stewards is in the area of our bodies. We should give our bodies to God to use. Our body is an important aspect of God's creation. It's an incredible gift by God that only you, nobody can manage my body for you. For me, nobody can manage your body for you. Only you can be the steward of your body. And the only license you have to operate here on earth, no matter how great your destiny is, is your body. Once this body can no longer support, you know, the plan of God and the destiny that God has given to you, that's it, that's the end. So you have to take care of your body. Romans 6, 12 to 13 says, don't let sin control your life here on earth. You must not be ruled by the things your sinful self makes you want to do. Don't offer the parts of your body to serve sin. Don't use your bodies to do evil. Put yourselves to God, but offer yourselves to God, sorry. Offer yourselves to God as people who have died and now live. Offer the parts of your body to God to be used for doing good. So, 
Christ has redeemed you, you've been bought with a price. What the Bible is saying here is don't subject yourself. Don't, don't, you have the power of choice, you know. Christ has redeemed you, redeemed you, you know, Jesus Christ died for your sin. He has taken you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But every morning you wake up, you have a decision to make. Are you going to yield to your flesh or are you going to yield to the Holy Spirit? Galatians 5, 19 to 26 tells us, right? Um, verse 19 says, Now the practices of a sinful nature are clearly evident. There are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresy, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like this. Right? So if you see yourself in any of the things I just mentioned, then you are not using your body, you're not using your life to the glory of God. And then we should keep our body healthy, finally, right? As Christians, we should do our best to refrain from putting harmful substances into our body, right? You know, weed in all its forms, right? Drink, cookies, cake, brownies, right? Yeah. You know, tobacco, excessive sugar. Yeah. Somebody had a call, yeah, you know, those people that drink alcohol, but sugar is part of it as well. It's harmful to your body, right? So we should look after our body. Make sure your body is in good shape because that is the only license you have. That is the suit you have to operate here on earth to fulfill the great destiny that God has planned for you. I pray that you fulfill that destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. Nothing will stand in the way of you fulfilling destiny in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, says, I want you to learn that your body is the home of the only spirit God gave you. And it lives within you. Your own body does not belong to you. For God has bought you with a great price. So use every part of your body to give glory back to God because he owns it. So conclusion, what you do with your resources today, so what you do you know, with your money, what you do with your time, what you do with the gifts of God, what you do with your body will determine the outcome of your future. Use the resources God has entrusted into your hands wisely, and you will fulfill your great destiny in Jesus' name. Let's rise to our feet, Ignite Church.